This is your host, T. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Well, hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another awesome episode, as always, of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. Uh, As always, I am your host, Tia, and tonight I have an awesome guest with me today, Brittany. How are you doing, Brittany? I'm doing good. You know, I just covered in cats, so I think that's the best problem anybody can have. (laughs) Well, as everyone knows, I always got my number one dog lady here, and I think one of the cats is around. So, you know, we're just a animal-loving space environment, whatever. <laughs> but uh, tonight we are doing the show um, a little differently, just because normally we do the top ten on Sundays at 10 a.m., but tomorrow is Mother's Day, so we kind of decided to mix it up a little. Um, It's going to be a little bit of an interesting format. Uh, It's just kind of Brittany and I right now. And uh, so we're doing the top 10 worst Netflix original movies because I think we can all agree that Netflix has some really great original series. As you all know, we are big fans of the Marvel original shows, despite the fact that Netflix thought that they should cancel them, but that's a completely different story that I always rant about, so I'll keep my mouth shut this time. But, you know, those, uh, Altered Carbon, a few others that for some reason I can't name off the top of my head, but yeah, they do a really good job with their series, but a really kind of bad job with their original movies. I'm not sure why um, they seem to be so bad at it. It just kind of seems like Every time, every time they get the chance to promote a movie and you're expecting it to be good because it's from the biggest streaming service out there, but it always feels like it's hollow and lacking. So I decided, you know what, let's highlight a few of those. Brittany pointed out to me before we did this, like, hey, have we done this kind of topic before? And I said that we have done the top 10 worst movies in 2018, and that included both streaming services and theatrical releases. And, of course, some of the Netflix movies did pop up because in 2018, I really didn't see many movies unless they were Marvel um, or Netflix movies. So there might be a little bit of an overlapping here, but that's completely fine. Uh, while it's just Brittany and I, we're going to hop right in. And Brittany, I know that you don't have a lot of picks, but I still uh, want to start with you and kind of put you in the hot seat. So why don't you give me your number 10 pick for the top 10 worst Netflix original movies? I was like, I had to go back and forth on it because I'm like, oh, which one do I want to put there? But that's my problem is like there's so much on Netflix that I haven't like, made my debts into the movies and normally when I watch the movies on there they're pretty good but I think at the number 10 spot you know I'm going to go with Bird Box first and that's because I don't feel like it deserves to be like 
like close to number one or number five because I'll say right now I did enjoy the movie I thought you know I thought they had some great characters and I thought you know very interesting it was very sad too but I'll go into why I think it one it was bad one so I don't know if you Tia have have you, you did you ever end up watching Bird Box uh, I have not watched Bird Box. I saw all the funny memes in regard to it. So, <laughs> you know, if you want to kind of go through it and see, uh, tell me where either you thought it was lacking or the critiques that many people have for this movie. Oh, but, you know, it, it turns out with it beginning with, hey, this, this girl, she's pregnant, and she's going to have a baby, and she's with her sister, and it's like, oh, everything's great, until you're getting reports like, oh, people are committing suicide in mass, and they're like, oh, that's an issue. That sounds like a problem. So everybody's, like, panicking because they think maybe it's like a chemical war, you know, causing people to kill themselves. But you find out it's more of like, they never really truly say what it is, but they think it's, like, demons, and when, like, that caused these people to, like, commit suicide, and so, like, all it has to do is, like, that's why they end up covering their eyes, because the way that it makes them commit suicide is if you see the demon, which it can still have kind of, like, influence on you, even if you're not, like, looking at it, like, if you hear it, if it's around you, it can, like, still mess with you, but I think, like, one thing that people didn't like is, one, they're, like, blindfolded the entire time. So they're, like, at one point they're driving a car while blindfolded. Actually, they, like, newspaper up the side, and they're, like, using the GPS, and that's where it comes from with, like, oh, they're, like, running over stuff. And I think number two, the main character, she ends up, like, having two children with her, but she's too messed up to even name them. So she just calls them boy and girl. And you're like, okay, that's kind of messed up. <laughs> that's kind of, um, you know, it's kind of interesting. I think ultimately what people didn't like about it is that it wasn't as fleshed out as it could have been. There was a lot of things unexplained, like what truly are they? You know, why are some people, like, some people can look at the demon and it doesn't cause them to kill themselves. Their eyes just change a different color and they... um and they try to get other people to look at it. Like, they start, like, worshipping it. And people are like, why is that happening to some people? Why isn't it happening to others? How are, is there, like, at the end there's, like, a sanctuary of, like, people and, like, birds alert it. And you're like, okay, I kind of get why people don't like it. Like, it was a little, um, uh, campy isn't the right word. It was a little, um, trying to think of the word for it. I guess just not it, – it was a little over the top, but also not explaining anything at the at the same time. Like, it was dramatic, but without plot, I guess. But so I'm going to put that at number 10 because, like I said, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed, like, the thought of, like, it did influence some people. And it's like, oh, you don't have to just walk, walk out – watch out for the demons. you got to watch out for the humans' influence because, remember – they don't have to be, like, blindfolded. They can see you. They see your stupid ass, like, wandering around blindfolded, not being able to do anything. So it's kind of like, oh, the both of it. But, yeah, Bird Box, number 10. Yeah, so I know that you enjoyed Bird Box, but there definitely were a lot of criticism for the movie. And 
I have to ask, there were a lot of, like, uh, comparisons for Bird Box to A Quiet Place because they both kind of dealt with uh, this world that seemingly you had to give up one of your senses in order to uh, survive. So did you oh, see Oh, my God, yes. Oh, yeah, I've seen, yeah, I've seen both, and I saw A Quiet Place first, so when I watched it, I was like, oh, I mean, I mean, uh, one's alien-type things, and the other's, like, demons, and I was like, it very much was like, I guess it did very much feel like it was biting off the success of A Quiet Place, as bad as that sounds, and it's like, oh, I don't want to say that, because, you know, I love Sandra, but, yeah. It, it was like a recycled version of A Quiet Place, except with, like, you're blind. Well, the thing is, is that, like, I like Sandra Bullock as an actress, but there are certain movies that she really excels in and then others that I feel like she kind of falls short with. So I definitely could see that. I guess I really should get to watching Bird Box. I know that you kind of wanted me to watch it at some point, so I am sorry that I haven't. But, you know, it just kind of shows that it doesn't seem, A, that there is any, like, original uh, ideas out there anymore just because, as we just said, there's so many comparisons of uh, Bird Box to um, A Quiet Place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But so, do you think that the problems were more with the storyline or with her acting? Like, was her acting fine and you know maybe one of the only enjoyable? Well, for you, I know that you liked it, but as far as like seeing where the critics are coming from, is that any merit on Sandra's acting or just strictly the the storyline? I think. I, I can see it coming from both places. Like, Sandra's, like, her acting, I felt, was good. I felt like it was believable, especially about, oh, do, like, because she ends up having two children with her. She gives birth to a boy, and, like, one uh, the, another girl that was pregnant with her gives birth to a girl. But, you know, the mom dies. So she's taking care of both. So, one one of the big points of it is that, like, somebody has to take off the blindfold while they're going down the river to be able to see um, where they're going. And Sandra's character is like, well, I can't do it because if I die, you're both dead. And so she's basically like, oh, one of the kids has to do it. And she's trying to decide which one to make do it, and she's leaning towards making the girl do it, which isn't her true child, but she's raised both of them. So, you know, super messed up and because she's, you know, she's not going to make her own son do it. Well, in the end, she ends up, like, not doing it, like, just saying, well, we'll just let the river carry us. So, like, I felt like it was believable, but I get people, like, not liking the character. I really do think it just comes down to the plot of the thing. I think there was holes. I think there was certain things that were, like, a little weird for people. So I would have to say more of the storyline. Right. And I totally get that. So I think as far as this list goes, uh, Bird Box is a great way to start it off. Uh, I'll take the number nine slot. And I am going to uh, kind of kick it off with the movie Mute. Um, I 
forget when it actually came out. I probably should have done a little better research. Oh, 2018. Okay, there you go. Anyway, so, I, say, I thought it came out like last year. Yeah, very recent. It stars Alexander Skarsgård and Paul Rudd, and it is kind of this uh, dystopia, uh, like uh, futuristic, cybernetic kind of world. But it really starts off with Alexander Skarsgård's character who was raised in a very religious sense. And he has an accident when he's a child that essentially destroys his vocal cords. Now, the doctors say that this is something that they could fix, but because his family is very religious, uh, they don't believe in surgery or modern technology or any of that. So he goes on and lives his life uh, as uh, someone who with the inability to speak, which doesn't really necessarily kind of hinder him from living a life. He is like a bartender at some point, and he has like this really beautiful girlfriend. But what is super strange is like there's something going on with like the girlfriend. She obviously has connections that are less than safe and quite questionable that he doesn't know that about her. He just thinks that she's this really, like, beautiful, kind person with funky hair, but he's, like, completely enamored in her. But she goes missing at some point, and he is, like, on a mission to find her. And while you got that going on, you also have Paul Rudd's character, who is honestly the best part of this movie <laughs> he is the only real like enjoyable thing that's the thing it's like alexander Skarsgård. he was really good obviously in true blood and i thought he was absolutely horrifying but like in a good way in big little lies but he just his acting was so bland in this movie it I, and i don't think it's because he had you know like his role was not speaking because as you know we really love the movie pilgrimage where john bernthal played a mute and this is not my love for john bernthal i genuinely thought that he did <laughs> i genuinely thought he did a good job at it but alexander Skarsgård just really didn't even seem interested in the movie and it was super weird uh as i said paul rudd was like the only interesting character in the movie it was kind of cool to see him it not like that because it's Paul Rudd right it's Ant-Man he's had a bunch of other roles where he's just a funny guy and in this like he still is funny but he's a little more sadistic and that's not a role that you really would imagine Paul Rudd being in so I did think it was refreshing to see him in a different capacity but then he has this really weird friend who they kind of allude that maybe at some point the two of them were lovers because they're both like they're both uh, American like expats living in Germany, um, and they're doing that because they abandoned a war, which they were never super like clear on. So they're living there and they're friends. There's nothing like romantic going on that, on between them now, but you kind of get the sense that there was something and that the friend still has feelings for him but then you kind of find out the friend is like a pedophile and it's super weird and they give, yeah and they give like a lot of they give a lot of like screen attention towards the end of the movie to this friend and I'm like I don't care about him 
he like touches little girls. Like I don't like this guy at all. <laughs> I know it's super weird. Um, yeah, no, I don't like it at all. But uh, and I guess spoiler alert: uh, at the end of the movie, uh, Alexander Skarsgård's character and so the the pedophile—that's what we'll call him right now. Uh, and if you can hear the police sirens in the back. They're obviously coming for him. <laughs> I actually can't hear them this time, and that's amazing. Wow. Normally they're blaring, but, uh, you know, so the pedophile at the end of the movie, because he's like a skilled surgeon, ends up repairing Alexander Skarsgård's vocal cords, which I don't understand why, because at, at that point there's really no reason for him to, uh, except for maybe the fact that they've, they were finally like, well, you have Alexander Skarsgård in a movie. you got to get him to talk. I mean, we're paying this guy, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that, it just seemed really not authentic. It just wasn't a well-put-together movie. And I think that also what was wrong with this, with this movie is that it came out, like, almost either a month or a few weeks after Altered Carbon came out on Netflix, which – you know, this isn't just me being biased, but it was a super successful show so much that it got renewed for a second season. And that also kind of deals with this futuristic cyberpunk world. And it felt like they were trying to do that with Mute, but A, it seemed too much of a copycat, and B, it just didn't hit the marks at all. So I'm going to put Mute as number nine. Uh, I think, Brittany, I've kind of told you about this movie before. I know you haven't seen it, but based on what I've told you, you know, what kind of are some of the comments that you would like to make? I was going to say, for me, it almost sounds like, okay, you got a pizza. And you're like, man, I love pizza. You're like, it's got cheese and pepperoni. You're like, that's great. And then somebody goes, well, let's throw, throw bell peppers on it. And you're like, okay, that's great. And like, let's throw some mushrooms on there. And you're like, all right, you know, uh. And they're like, let's do some jalapenos, but let's do some olives and banana peppers, and let's do this. And you're like, yeah, it all goes on a pizza, but it doesn't all go together. Stop it. Stop. You're killing it. <laughs> you're killing it. You're killing it. And I'm like, and for me, I'm like, okay, they got the pedophile guy, right? And they're like, oh, you know, they're like, oh, but he had a love interest. But also, you know, he touches kids, and then, oh, but look, he fixed his vocal cords. I'm like, okay, I mean, okay, and I guess for me, it's like, I, it's hardly, hardly only wants to watch it because of Paul Rudd. I want to see him be a bad guy. I want to see him be, you know, basically messed up. But uh, that's where I get words. It's like, yeah, I remember, like, oh, because Altered Carbon is amazing. I think we can all agree on that. And if you don't, mm-hmm. we can't be friends. You but just get out. <laughs> just get out. But, um, no, I love it for, uh, I love Altered Carbon. But me being, like, so, like, oh, let's do it in that same kind of world. You're almost, like, this ain't right. It feels like a rehash of, like, Altered Carbon, except you hate everyone. Well, and then also what, like, made me laugh is that, you know, uh, Alter Carbon's season one lead is Joel Kinnaman, and Mute is Alexander Skarsgård, both uh, Swedish actors, and actually both 
good friends. So did Joel Kinnaman get uh, Alexander Skarsgård the seal? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I guess, like, if you ever just had, like, time and you didn't know what to watch, then you may want to maybe turn on this movie just for Paul Rudd. Because he is really good in it. And it made me kind of want to see him in more roles that were similar to this. It just didn't hit the mark. It had, as you were saying, I love your pizza analogy, by the way. So uh, <laughs> to me, I'm like, that's great. There's just too much going on. Like, and it's like, you know, uh, putting too many toppings on a pizza. So yeah, <laughs> that that is you uh, perfectly. Good job, <laughs> I've been thinking about pizza a lot because when I get really excited because, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to be coming to New York in October. And I get excited. I watch, like, New York videos, and I've seen a lot of pizza videos lately. So I got pizza on the brain. <laughs> well, you know what? There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, so let's kind of move on a little. So this, <laughs> this is where this show is super, like, interesting because, I think I said earlier, Brittany has not seen a lot of Netflix original movies, uh, and there's just two of us, so it's going to be... I'm all you got. Huh? I said, I'm all you got. Oh, no, I know. I was, uh, and maybe this is a little too candid for being on air, but I was texting Juwan asking if he wanted to come on, and he's like, I have not, like, seen anything. So I guess this should already, though, show that... uh, Netflix doesn't have a great reputation with movies. If it is difficult to even get someone to who has seen a good amount of Netflix original movies, maybe I just have like no life. I've seen a lot of them um, and never really been satisfied with any of them. Um, so, so that's like uh, the bad thing is like when I sit there and I go through Netflix originals, unless it's like a good one. Or, like, I hear a lot about, or if there's an actor I really like in it, I just do not pay attention, because all of them look like, you know, like, when you were a kid, and you go to, like, a video rental store, and you can tell by the boxes by which one's, like, the crappy movie that you don't want to rent for the night, and you just go, oh, I don't know about that. That's how I feel about a lot of the Netflix original movies. No, seriously, that is the damn truth. And it's funny because Netflix really exceeds with their original series and has great documentary series, but just as far as their movies, I don't know why they can't just get it right. Um, But I'm going to take the number eight slot, and I'm going to put this a little higher on the list just because I didn't dislike it so much, but it was one of those things. So before, all right, I'm just going to say it's Velvet Buzzsaw. And Juwan and I actually did a review uh, podcast for it when it first came out. And we and it was so funny because we both started out actually liking it and saying good things. But then as we kept going through the movie, we just had more and more questions that it actually made sense to put this on this list because there's so, this movie has, this is going to sound really cliche, but this movie has more holes than Swiss cheese. Um, all right, so let's break it down. Velvet Buzzsaw stars Jake Gyllenhaal in it, which already I'm excited about. Love Jake Gyllenhaal, so I'm going to watch it. And it's this original movie where Jake Gyllenhaal's character is an art, art critic 
and it really is like a satire on how utterly pretentious the art community is, right? Like, I remember, so I went to a pretty artsy college um, for my bachelor's degree, a great college, actually, like SUNY Purchase in New York. Um, but so SUNY Purchase has this uh, museum on campus, and literally one of the art displays was in a little uh, glass box, a crumbled up piece of paper, and that was the art display. So oh, think no. about <laughs> so think about that, and that essentially was like the type of art that they were looking at in this movie. So you have Jake Gyllenhaal, and he is an art critic, and then it's this world of art. So he suddenly he likes this one girl, right? Who is essentially an understudy for one of like the big like art procurers in the community, but she obviously wants to make a name for herself where people can kind of come to her to bring her to bring them like amazing art. So someone in her building dies and you find out that apparently it was an artist who has all this like paintings that he really wanted to be thrown out and burned, but she sees them and she really likes them. They're really good. So she decides to kind of display them to bring notoriety to herself. Well, long story short, apparently the paintings like start a curse and people just start dying left and right. But this is where the problem is. And Joanne and I pointed this out. You have the paintings and you're saying that the paintings are cursed, but really not once in the movie does anyone actually get killed by those paintings in general. It's like other art installations that have nothing to do with this artist that are the reasons why people are dying. Like there's this one art piece in uh, a display, which is this big, like, uh, like spherical ball that you can like put your hand into. You already know that when this woman who was like, again, another pretentious snob is there after hours and she's looking at it and she goes to put her arm in, you're like, Oh, something that is probably going to happen right now. And then her, yeah, exactly. And then her arm like gets completely like sawed off at that point, uh, which it reminds me, did you ever see the first mummy movie? That was before my time. No, I'm sure um, no, I, I was just say it used to, it used to play, but my parents wouldn't let me watch it. All right, so there's a scene in the original Mummy movie where a guy, like, puts his hand into something and, like, wait, all Wait, whoa, these, whoa, like, wait, wait. I'm remembering this because I think this was part <laughs> of the reason. Does it eat his arm where he, like, pulls back just, like, bone? Yes, yes. Oh, so, I used to have nightmares about it as a kid. <laughs> I know what you're talking This is why I wasn't allowed to watch that movie. I remember. You're bringing back this, such bad memories. <laughs> Well, that's what this uh, part in Velvet Buzzsaw reminded me of. As soon as she stuck her arm there, I'm like, I know what's going to happen. That happens, and a few other deaths occur. But again, none of them have anything to do with the actual painting. So it's like, are the paintings cursed? Do you get killed by the paintings? Do they just kind of influence other art pieces? Because they're not all paintings to kill people. It was super confusing. And then the girl who Jake Gyllenhaal's character like falls for, she's just 
becomes even more of an unlikable character because it's like at first they're all into each other and then she's like, oh, you know, I'm really becoming a, a big standout in the community. I just need to, you know, break away. And then she gets with this, like, other artist who's, like, really up and coming. And Jake Gyllenhaal is obviously, like, super upset. And he is, like, the only one, despite him having also been a pretentious dude, He's, like, the only one who's starting to see that maybe it isn't a good idea that they have this art out in the world, and he starts doing, like, research and shit. But, spoiler alert, he dies, too, um, which is oh, great. Huh? I said, oh, great. Yeah, like, so there's this other art piece that's, like, a hobo man, and, for some, and so at some point, Jake Gyllenhaal is in, like, one of those public storage places, and then down the hall you see the like hobo man like art piece, and it starts chasing him. And... No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> and it starts chasing him, and it eventually gets him, and he's like, "It's okay, I know, I know." And like hobo man doesn't care. Hobo man like snaps his neck anyway. So yeah, it was just like that, and then. My biggest problem, I don't know why, like, this bothers me so much, but my biggest problem with it is that it was called Velvet Buzzball, which is a pretty cool, like, name for the movie. But the only, like, tie-in that the title actually has with the film is that, like, this other really, like, famous, like, art procurer, um, she says something about the fact that, because she's older, she said something to the degree that back in the 80s, she had a girl band called Velvet Buzzsaw. And she uh, has a tattoo. And then she has a tattoo that has, that says like Velvet Buzzsaw or has like a buzzsaw with like blood dripping from it. And that ends up, oh, and that's another thing. That ends up killing her at the end because she starts seeing that all this art is like bad. So uh, she gets rid of all it's considered art, and it literally just starts, like, sawing in her body or something. I don't know. It was just, like, really not – there were so many holes. There were so many questions. It could have been a pretty decent movie because it was definitely a satire to the art community, which I guess if you're in the art community, you'd probably get a little offended by this movie. Um and then also just it could have been a cool horror movie, a cool concept, but it just wasn't executed properly. So, uh, again, I know, Brittany, you haven't seen this movie, but based on what I've told you, what are your thoughts? I'm never seeing it ever. <laughs> That's fair. No. That is fair. I feel like I need to say beforehand on the subject of Jake Gyllenhaal about how I used to always I, I always, and especially seeing the pictures of him in this, like, looking all pretentious, I always thought he played Spider-Man when I was younger. <laughs> because, and when Brokeback Mountain came out, we were like, that's the guy who played Spider-Man. And we got into such a big argument about it that back when Hastings still existed, we called Hastings to figure it out. And, and surprise, surprise, it wasn't him. But I just think well, it's ironic that now Jake Gyllenhaal is going to actually be in a Spider-Man movie. So funny that you say that. Jake Gyllenhaal, he's like, so Tobey Maguire got the role. 
right? But Jake Gyllenhaal actually was in the running as well to play Spider-Man. So that's probably why a lot of people also think that he did audition and he almost got picked, but they liked Tobey Maguire a little better. So, yeah, he almost was Spider-Man, but that's okay. I'm so totally cool with him playing Mysterio instead. And as you know, I am super excited for Spider-Man Far From Home. Jason Hall is a fantastic actor and has so many great successes under his belt. This just isn't one of them. <laughs> I, I know. I just like, I was like, starting with that interjection, I just got to thinking about it. But I was just like, each time you talk about it, I'm just like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> like, 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 why? Like, one, I can't stand this, like, things was like, oh, the pretentious artist, like, oh, can't you just feel the, the strength behind this piece? And I'm like, no, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm a peasant. And so I feel like watching that movie would make me feel that way. And I feel like there's somebody out there that's just like, well, you're just not classy enough <laughs> to get it. <laughs> you're not cultured. Yeah, I think there's like, at some, oh, actually, and it really plays to that because there's this one artist in it who is the only one who ends up living because he's like an older artist and he kind of just doesn't really have any inspiration for anything anymore. So at some point he like fucks off, but he like calls one of these art procurers to come to his studio and the guy comes and there's like all these bags of trash in the corner and he's, and the art procurer just stands there and he's like, Oh, this is beautiful. I can just, feel the da 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 and he's like, no, that's actual trash. Like, that's not my art um, installation. Um, <laughs> well, like, I was reading, like, a little thing, and it says, like, this is what it says for it. It's like, oh, it enacts revenge on those who have allowed their greed to get in the way of art. I'm like, apparently that's not what people are getting from it. No, not at all. Not at all. It just didn't hit the nail on the head. So, yeah, number eight is going to be Velvet Buzzsaw. Um, I am going to continue because, Brittany, I'm actually going to give you number five. So Do it, I girl. Just, I don't care. I, 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 <laughs> I just, I'm like, I feel like I'm a kid sitting here for story time, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I want to hear it. Let me know. There was almost a moment before this show because I just can't, the idea of not having a top 10 for the weekend and I was like am I going to really have to do this show by myself I guess that's what's happening uh, so yeah but it's always good to have you on Brittany at least I'm talking to someone <laughs> I have I'm here for emotional support I was yeah. like I was like well yeah. I was like I don't want it to just be like two people with Tia and I was like I'll just hop on turns into the second person <laughs> well, we did such a good job on the American Gods one that I have confidence in us, and Paulie and I have done ones that it was just the two of us, and that went really well too. So yeah, we got this. I'm letting anyway. you down, girl. I'm letting you down. Oh my gosh, stop. Um, we are live on air. <laughs> uh, so number seven is going to be Black Mirror Bandersnatch. I know that Black Mirror is a series, but Bandersnatch was promoted as a movie, so I'm picking it. 
Uh, Bandersnatch was its first attempt at doing a choose-your-own, like, action pretty much. Because as you went through this movie, there were certain points where there was a decision that the main character had to make and you got to pick. But this is my problem. So you got to pick some of them, but there were some choices. Like, okay, it would be, does he uh, pick up this item or does he pick up that item? So you'd pick, you know, item number one. But then it would be like, are you sure? And then it would, like, pretty much make you pick item number two. Or if you did say pick up item number one, it would do its little story, but then go back to that to be like, no, you should pick item number two. And it's like, no, I need you to make options that go with whatever someone picks. Don't give us the illusion of choice only for it to seem like it really, then just make a movie because that story could have done without the whole pick-as-you-go type thing. And then the story, though, wasn't really that good either. It kind of was based on, like, a true story. There is a game called Bandersnatch that was supposed to be made in the 80s, but it just never uh, took off. And so they kind of do that, um, and the whole story is, like, the main guy – he wants to make a really good video game and he kind of does get to do that. Um, and he meets this, okay, I'm just going to say, this is the, this is like the weirdest part. He meets his like video game idol. This one guy who is responsible for bringing so many popular video games to the UK. And the guy is like, I don't want to say he's a pretentious dick because he's really not pretentious, but he's also like fuck this shit type of dude. Um, so one day the other dude brings the main guy to his house to kind of like help him because the main guy is in a rut. He has like major writer's block, which we have all experienced many times. And he's like, okay, he's like, I'm going to give you some drugs <laughs> because that help you out. <laughs> and they get into this like whole thing. And it is a little meta in a, in like a way because the dude who's like the really good video game designer is like, ah, oh, you know, um, uh, uh, and there's this controlling us, and we think that this happens, da, 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 and he's going on and on, and he's like, you know, we're all just in a video game. He's like, it's like Pac-Man. He was like, you know, you think Pac-Man dies, but then he shows back up. He goes, here, I'll show you. And then he literally brings him outside, and he's like, and you get to choose who jumps off the ledge. What? <laughs> yeah. What? So if you pick, like, the video game guy, he's like, you go, it's fair enough. It should be me. I'll see you on the other side. And then he jumps uh, off and obviously, like, dies. But it's just this weird, like, story. And then at some point the main kid, like, kills his dad, who then you kind of find out his dad was, like, doing experiments on him as a child and like the memories that the kid has of his mother dying aren't really real because it was all a stage setup or something like that. So it was super strange. And I know that Black Mirror always has like a knack for kind of giving you that like twist um, that just pulls the rug from you. But I just didn't feel like this accomplished that. And maybe it could have if they didn't do that pick your own ending, essentially, 
it just really didn't work. I didn't like it at all. Um, and really disappointing for Black Mirror considering I'm such a fan and actively like sit here waiting for their new seasons to come out. I wish that instead of them focusing on this, they would have just focused on the fifth season, which is still coming out, but I needed it sooner. So yeah, I'm going to pick a Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Brittany, as a avid video game lover, what are your thoughts? I'm just like, it sounds pretty crazy, but I think that's kind of what I've hated about stuff so much lately is that I think with everybody like, uh, like the woke movement, everything has to be like very meta, very like, oh, we're just, wake up sheeple or like whatever they say. And I feel like that's kind of like, they're like, oh, you have a choice, but it's just the illusion of choice, and isn't that how life is? And I'm like, okay, stop preaching to me. I don't really need that. <laughs> or, like, in the video games thing, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to jump off of a ledge to show, hey, I, we're just about to go into our extra life because video games are video games. Because I'm going to say – there's some crazy people out there that's like, I love video games. I could spend hours and hours upon playing video games. But there are some people that are like, I have a waifu in a game, and this is my real wife. This is, you know, it's everything I ever needed. So, I don't know. The movie, what's crazy is I really wanted to watch Bandersnatch. Or, is that how you say it? Bandersnatch, weird name. Yeah. It's like, I, I wanted to watch it, but then I was like, like you said, we're like, because I think there was a lot of people saying they like tried every option to not kill the dad, but you always end up having to kill the dad. And they're like, like well, you said, they're like, I would have just watched with, the movie. That was my big problem with it. They give you options, but then not really give you options. And then other people are trying to say, well, that's the point. It's trying to show you that you have no free will. And I'm like, but then it was just boring and took way too long. Like there was at some point that I was like in it that I just was like, okay, when do I get to the end? I, I, I'm tired of watching this. Like, I think that if depending on what options you pick, you could have been watching it for like five hours, I think. Um, Kelly did it. And she watched it for at least three hours. And at some point, I just wanted to get to the end. I almost considered just exiting out. But then I just kept going and finally got to the end. I was like, oh, thank God. That's done. But whenever you have this journey is over. Well, whenever you have something that you just can't wait for it to end, then you know that it's not an enjoyable movie. I said that's how I feel about um, World War Z. <laughs> oh man, uh, that's surprising. I hear people actually like that, but you know, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. I, I, it's not because it wasn't a good movie. It was because I was so utterly terrified. It was not enjoyable. I just wanted to go home. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. All right, so. Moving on a little, I'm going to take the number six slot here. Um, and, you know, all right, let's go into here. Okay, let's do this. I am going to pick The Outsider. 
and I forget when that came out. I think it was last year as well. A lot of really bad Netflix movies in 2018. Like, what were they doing? Spending um, a lot of money. Oh, that is what drives me freaking crazy. Uh, all right, I'm going to get into it for just a hot second, but Netflix, you messed up. You're spending all this money on crap movies when you could have just kept your Marvel universe going and we all would have been happy with more seasons of The Punisher and Daredevil and Luke Cage and Iron Fist. I just know. Right? Right? Those right. others. okay so the outsider uh deals with jared leto as essentially the like only white guy in the yakuza and he was just so bad at it um i'm gonna be honest here i didn't even finish the movie Um, and that's how bad it was and that's the thing is that I know that there's a lot of people out there who just kind of like vehemently dislike Jared Leto. I'm not one of those people. I think he is a relatively talented artist. He did a fantastic job in Dallas Fire Club, and I didn't mind his Joker. Now, I'm super excited for Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, but it doesn't replace Jared Leto's Joker in the DCEU if they're even continuing that, you know? I didn't mind him. So that was the reason why I wanted to watch this movie, but it was just boring as shit. He gets into uh, a Japanese prison, and he meets some members of the Yakuza and decides to uh, kind of hang out with them and become part of their world. And there was this one scene, the one scene that, like, stands out so much to me is that I guess like if you're part of the Yakuza, I don't know, if you're part of the Yakuza, they have to like chop off like some of your finger to kind of prove, I don't know. But he's like so calm during it and I'm like, no way. No way. I don't care how much like reserve you have, how disciplined you ha- how disciplined you are. If someone literally chops off a finger, you're screaming. And that was just yeah. like what am I watching? And the biggest thing is that, and as I said, to me, Jared Leto is not that bad as an actor. I think he's quite good. But in this, he just seemed bored. And I know that you can probably say, like, oh, well, he was supposed to be playing a disciplined uh, member of the Yakuza trying to prove himself that he could uh, be amongst these other men in this group, but he just was dull as hell um, and really just didn't, he didn't... You know, the thing is, like, the movie was already problematic because he's, like, some white guy in a group of, you know, the Japanese uh, Yakuza, and really no one wanted to watch that. But then it's, like, it was one of those things that if it was, like, a good movie, I'm thinking that maybe, like, people could have forgiven it a little, but it wasn't a good movie. It was really boring. It was really terrible. Um, it had awful taste. And another movie that I was just like, is this over with yet? I'm kind of done with it. So, yeah, I'm going to put The Outsider as number six, as always. Brittany, what are your thoughts? <laughs> what gets me is like every time I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I'll watch, and then I'm like, no, you know what? I'm fine. Uh, I'm totally fine on that one. Um, 
I do think, like, because at first it does sound kind of neat where you're like, okay, like, an outsider. As it says, like, white guy in the Yakuza. But that's what it gets me about those movies where they, like, like you said, where it's, like, it's boring, the pacing's off. You're just sitting there like, okay, is it over? Is it over? And if you went and saw it, like, good thing it's on Netflix because it's one of those movies where you'd go there and be like, can I please have my money back? Can I please <laughs> erase this from my brain? That one's hard. Some movies are just bad where you don't even have, like, like much to say about it. You're just like... It just wasn't good, man. You probably should try to get your money back. Can we do, like, life insurance on movies? (laughs) Well, it's just kind of like I did – I always wonder when some things get greenlit how they, in fact, get greenlit because there was already such a negative response to Iron Fist, which you can kind of say that maybe is a similar approach, right? You know, again, white dude in – the middle of an Asian community being, oh, and then being hailed as better than everyone else because that was the thing in The Outsider. He was supposed to be like the best. People just didn't respond well to the Iron Fist um, storyline. So I didn't understand how they thought that people were going to respond well to The Outsider considering that Jared Leto himself could be considered problematic. And, again, people are not the biggest fan of him, so I just don't understand why they felt like this movie needs to be made and why, again, it just seems like Netflix is not putting their best foot forward when it comes to these original movies. So I did not enjoy uh, The Outsider. I didn't finish The Outsider, and nor will I ever finish The Outsider. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess I won't ever start it. <laughs> exactly. You're talking about, like, greenlit, like, oh, these things get greenlit. Let's talk about Sonic and his face. Oh, and let's oh, talk God. about how things get greenlit. I am personally offended. I am, <laughs> I have been insulted. I feel like someone just, like, insulted my own mother when they, like, decided to put that out because I freaking love Sonic, and that's what you give me? Oh, my God. So we have been talking about this movie and a few other podcasts that we were doing, and we can certainly take a moment to talk about just how things get greenlit in the first. First of all, who wanted this movie? Please tell me who wanted uh, a live-action Sonic movie where he's the only animated character among all the live-action humans. The design is horrific. Uh, everything, everything about it. I saw, for, well, I have to say, first of all, I wasn't ever really that interested. I did play Sonic growing up, and I do enjoy Sonic, but they didn't need to make it a live-action Sonic movie. You could have just made it an animated Sonic movie with the staying true to the design. I would have totally watched that with Sonic and Knuckles and Tails and all of them. If they wanted to do an anime movie, like how they've done, you know, the Lego movie or Wreck-It Ralph, fine. That would have been great. They even included Sonic in a scene for Wreck-It Ralph 2, and it was fine. Why did they decide to do this? And I don't know if you know this, Brittany, but apparently 
they uh, the director has made a promise that they're going to go back in and yeah. like, essentially like redesign. What do you think about it at this point? Is it like too little, too late? Or if they do happen to redesign, will that make you want to see the movie a little bit more? I'm torn on two things because like one somebody said that like Sega and like uh, the people you know people behind Sonic and even the special effects people were very against how he looked but someone up at the top of the food chain was very like oh this is the way it has to be and like only after the outrage they changed it and then there's other people are like I don't buy that you know I think they did this and then we're like hey we'll fix it for our fans because we want it to be good and then people feel like oh thank god they're fixing it so I'm kind of like torn because I love Sonic but Sonic's been going downhill for a very long time their last like 20 games have been awful (laughs) like I think their last truly truly good one though was like Sonic Adventure Battle 2 and that was because you could raise chows which were like little animal creatures that weren't like they were like babies and you could take care of them. So the movie, I think they're just trying really hard to, like, rejuvenate some kind of want for Sonic. And I'm like, this is how you do it? You literally have made the worst games for it year after year. And you give us this? I don't know what you're <laughs> playing at. Well, and then it's ridiculous because, I mean, I haven't seen Detective Pikachu um, I haven't really read up on the reviews for it, but it looks great from the trailer. Design-wise, it's amazing, and story-wise, it looks really good. And apparently, the same people who um, were behind Detective Pikachu are the same people who are behind Sonic. So where did it come from? And also, um, Nick had pointed this out, that apparently they want to still keep the release date for Sonic, um, which means that they're going to be in a bit of a crunch time redesigning it. And it was apparently the same. So in Justice League, that um, just uh, enigma of a movie um, that I'm I'm not sure if it actually existed or maybe we just imagined a movie that was so bad. But anyway, um, how terrible Henry Cavill looked with his mustache edited out, right? Yeah. And and Nick pointed out that it is because they were in a time crunch is the reason why that looks so bad. So is this going to be the same thing? But I I don't know. I don't know. Six Sonic teeth. Teeth are terrible. Why does Sonic need to have human teeth and those eyes and the head? And he everything. Have, it's, it's gloves. It's gloves. He's always had gloves. And you're going to give me these tiny, creepy little hands? Yeah, the whole thing was just really weird looking. Um, I'm sure that when we do a uh, top ten worst movies of 2019 that Sonic is certainly going to be on it. <laughs> um, and that's all I'll have to say there. But uh, uh, Brittany, uh, I have talked for a little too much now, so number five <laughs> is going to be yours. 
I'm going to go with uh, Death Note on this one. And I believe that anybody that watches a lot of anime would fully agree. And I'm about to, like, go on my spiel about it. Have you ever seen Death Note or know what it's about? I have not. I vaguely know what it's about. But you know what? Again, the floor is yours, Brittany. I want to say, okay, so Death Note is basically about this guy named Light, who's like a high school student, uh, if I remember correctly. And basically him finding this notebook that if he writes the name of somebody in it and he has to know the name and describes the way that he wants them to die, then they die, like a certain amount of time afterwards. And I think he can delay it. Like he learns how to like work the book a little bit. And, uh, but on the outside, like, he's always, like, this very well-to-do, very, like, he's a prodigy, you know, and nobody ever suspects anything of him. It's just, like, everybody is just, like, obsessed with him because he's, like, the cool guy in the anime, you know, where the high school girl's, like, he's so smart, and he seems very kind. Well, as he gets this note, uh, I'm trying to remember how you say it, Ryuku, or, like, something like that is the death god. And death gods, you know, they exist on another plane. That notebook was actually his. He dropped it. I think he was, like, bored or something. He just basically wanted to screw around. But his whole thing is, like, why the apples are in it is because since he's a death god, he likes to eat apples because they're fresh. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, he uh, – but Light starts getting a god complex because he's like, feels like, oh, he's the ultimate good. He can just – kill whoever and then these villains but everybody always found light super like just like anybody that watched it like oh he you know it's one of those animes where the main character is the bad guy and I think Mm -hmm. people really love that about it and he was very well calculated now let's go into why people hate Death Note it was one of those movies I'm going to say right now I didn't finish it because I was just so appalled Instead of light, which I think, let me look real quick. I think it's like last name is like light, name in it. Now it's going to bother me if I don't at least see it right now. But, uh, Wait, what light, do you want to know? Let me see. It's the main character, his last name is like, yeah, it was light Yagami. So light Yagami is his name in this. In the freaking movie, his name is, like, Light Turner, and he's a white guy. And I'm like, uh, and so there it is right there where I'm like, you could have made, like, a really cool, like, Japanese-themed movie, like, really did on Death Note. And instead of, like, this very well-to-do, very, like, put-together, like, prodigy, you give us an edgelord, a very whiny edgelord that is, like, (laughs) like a version of like when people are like oh you can't like put nice coins into somebody and like he is the he is trademark nice guy and like and a lot of the characters come in like at different ways like they basically just made the idea of like oh we use the name light and the fact that there's this notebook that you write names in and people die that's about the closest thing you get to like the original like he's just a whiny Little edgelord, and it's like uh, there's one character, Mia, like in the in the show, she comes in at like a weird, different point, but 
And she's not a love interest. She very much is like, like he's using her. But like in this, I think they try to spin it as like a love interest. It just was not anything like the actual show. And people could be like, well, they took an artistic license with it. I'm like, could you have made it like a good artistic license? And that's especially the hard thing when you're trying to go, you basically have this blueprint of how to make a good show. I mean, like a good movie of it, right? Mm-hmm. You basically have one of the most popular animes, one of the most popular mangas that, you know, has existed, and then you really just take it and you just you screw the pooch on it. <laughs> and that, that is how I feel about it. I'm sorry. I just really like Death Note, even though it scared me as a kid. Uh, Death Note was one of those I watched when, you know, when your parents are asleep and you're trying to sneak up to, like, watch Adult Swim because it's the only way yeah. you can watch anime. Yeah, we remember those days. Uh, Toonami, best days ever. But I was so, right. So pretty much never... this is like, sorry, go ahead. No, oh, no, you go ahead. Well, I was going to say, pretty much this is an example of the ghost in a shell. Complete whitewashing. I'm looking at the cast, and literally there's only, like, one Asian dude in it. They're all, like, American, and it's like you're adapting a anime, and you decide, and as you said, uh, the main character's last name, what did you say was the last name again? The original? And the original is White Yagami. Yeah, and it's Turner here. Well, yeah, it's like, what the hell? Why did you think that was a good idea? That's a terrible idea. You could have completely, like, what would have been the difference if you had just been a little more faithful to the anime and actually brought in some Asian actors? Really? Like, that just bothered and First of all, I'm looking at the pictures because I remember this was like a big reason why I never even wanted to touch this was because he looks like one of those typical emo dudes like back in the day. <laughs> that there is Ed no Lord. interest. Uh huh. He's an edge lord. Right. Like, <laughs> like he's just it. What gets me about it is like he reminds me like like I said, but like an anime is supposed to be very like a prodigy is supposed to be like just basically the perfect model student son you know you like oh he's gonna grow up to be a ceo you get this kid that's like the kid that you just avoided in high school not saying you should avoid people in high school but i mean they're just on that creep level where you're like oh i really don't like you (laughs) no this it just looks terrible and did you know by the way uh Brittany? That they're coming out with a sequel. I'm gonna go like bury myself. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> live in this world anymore. <laughs> oh, oh man! No. I mean, either Netflix just is like fuck it, or they uh, apparently there was enough people that enjoyed it to warrant getting a sequel. The problem with Netflix is that they probably see the amount of views that it gets and think, oh, look at 
how many people viewed it. So obviously we're going to make a sequel. It's like, no, people viewed it and then decided afterwards that they hated it. We don't need a sequel. Stop wasting your money, Netflix. All right? And that's what happens with a lot of these people is, you know, people are like, why did this happen? Who even, like, I I was reading a thing on Reddit, like, with people are like, how does this even happen? How do these get greenlit? How is there not someone that sits and goes, hey, man, we really should change this. And almost every point, it's someone at the very top that has nothing to do with it and has nothing that, like, even knows how to, like, shoot a movie or, like, do X, Y, and Z with it that's making the final call on it, and that's how this happens. And it's like, and then that big person's going, why'd you let this movie flop? Well, and then, you know, um, I think I was talking about it recently on one of the podcasts that it really seems that they cannot adapt uh, anime into a live-action capacity without fucking it up, pretty much, you know? Because Dragon Ball Evolution, I mean... We don't don't talk about that. I (laughs) I need you to go wash your mouth out with soap, please. (laughs) But I will say that the cast for uh, the live-action Cowboy Bebop looks awesome. And you know what? It's going to be a series on Netflix, which Netflix knows apparently how to do series. They just don't know how to do movies. But the um, the the movie, I don't know if you've seen the the. Have you seen the cast list, Brittany? For I have not. Cowboy I'm going to look at it real quick because I I love Cowboy Bebop. Like there is one day. Maybe when you come to Arkansas, I just want you to sit down and watch Cowboy Bebop with me. You can live your, like, childhood anime days with me. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, you know, you have uh, John Cho, who is going to be the main character in Cowboy Bebop. So, you know, right then and there, you're at least rectifying the problem of whitewashing these animes, which is, Good, you know, and John Cho is such a talented, um, a talented actor that we certainly will do well with him being at the forefront. And uh, Mustafa Shakir, uh, my main man from season two. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's going to be in it as well. So it looks like a great cast that I'm actually going to be really interested in checking out, despite the fact that. I've not actually watched Cowboy Bebop. The live cast for it really intrigues me. I'm just, I need it. Let it be here already. <laughs> I definitely need at least some, somewhat of a good live action adaptation of an anime because I still don't think that it has happened yet ever. Um, yeah. but, all right. Uh, Brittany? Great choice uh, for number five. So if I'm not mistaken, those are your choices, right? <laughs> we went through them? Yes, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> it's just one of those, you know, it's just one of those. I mean, so far, knock on wood, we've uh, made it through uh, the first half without any real police sirens. My dog has embarked. So, other than that, very, very good. So let's move on. Obviously, I'm going to hit the number four spot, and I am going to pick this movie called Ark. 
Um, and this is actually in my worst movies for 2018 as well. So I'm just going to kind of reiterate a little what I have said there. This movie just was one of those movies that really didn't feel like it, like it actually, it, like it actually had a purpose, I guess is what I should say. It wasn't your typical film in the regards that it had like, a beginning, middle, and end. The whole concept is that this guy keeps essentially reliving the same day because it's like he dies and then he wakes up and it's the same thing. But then, like, slowly throughout the movie, he starts discovering little... Because it's, it's like a, a post-apocalyptic uh, world where there's an uprising and blah, blah, blah. And then you kind of find out that his girlfriend was part of it. So it's like, but then every time he wakes up, like she doesn't know that he knows because she's just like living it for the first time. But then she gets wise onto it. So they keep going and they keep going. And every time they trick it a little bit more, but still end up dying and going back to all of it. And so then finally, like at the end of the movie, they, and it's, and it's, all like correlated to this arc reactor that he had built. What? So they, so they kind of like figure out a way to like adjust it to like, you know, actually do what they need to do. But then they find that like there's a video where they've already gotten to this point. It's them like a recording from them telling themselves, and it's like they've already gotten to this point. And then the movie essentially ends with them both waking up at the beginning of the day again. So it was like the most no. <laughs> it was the most like repetitive movie that I've ever seen with no actual payoff. You thought at least like, okay, maybe they're gonna find a way to get over it and then we're gonna see them actually battling against these rebels and this and that and them going off to conquer shit. I don't know. I, I expected something else, but I was watching it with Polly one night, and I was completely like, what the frick am I watching right now? And at the end, I was like, that was it? That's what I wasted my time on this for? Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, you're like, I want my money back, and I didn't even spend money on this. Oh, well, that's how I felt about when I saw Batman versus Superman, because we got that on bootleg, and I was like, I need my money back. I didn't spend any money, but I need my money back. I need my money back. Oh, so funny. <laughs> so, uh, ARC is terrible. It was on our podcast for the top 10 worst movies of 2018, and it's going to be on the top 10 worst movies, uh, Netflix original movies, because it was horrible. Horrible. Um, yeah. No. Not, not good. Not good. It's like Parks uh, and Rec, where it's like, it was the worst. Wait, what did you say? I said it's like Parks and Rec, when they're like, oh, it was, it, how did they say it? It's like, they are the, the worst. By the way, do you know that guy who is, you know, like, that part, you know, the guy who's the worst. He's the one yeah. who's, vo- he's the one who's voicing Sonic. Oh. oh. Okay. If you insist. 
<laughs> I feel like this Sonic movie, by the way, is going to, like, absolutely break you. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, like, sitting here, like, I, like, I'm sitting here right now where I'm, like, I could catch a really, like, showing a detective Pikachu, but it's almost like... I'm like, but then I have to be rem- reminded that the abomination of Sonic exists in CGI form. Yeah, it's just really bad. Just everything about that it, movie. We... Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was just saying, like that movie though reminds me of like, it, like where it's like a steampunk version of Groundhog Day, like. I, I get it, where it's like, oh, you're like, oh, okay, I got, you know, I, I get it. And I kind of like those movies where it's like, oh, they wake up and they have to find out. But you got, like, Happy Death Day, I think, or, like, yeah. it's one of them, like, the girl that dies and she's trying to figure out who's murdering her. And it's, like, almost kind of a comedy. And it's, like, you do have Groundhog Day or you have, um, like, a slight version of, like, the guy that has the tattoo on himself. Which you're also like, why didn't you just do post-it notes or something? But um, yeah, it's just, it's like, okay, I guess they're trying to do like a different spin on it. But you're just like, give us an ending. Everything's trying too hard to be edgy. It goes back to the other stuff where it's like, oh, meta. And that's what all these Netflix originals have in like, in common. They're trying too hard to be something or like, Mm -hmm put a greater message but it's like oh yeah we don't have an ending because they're just having to keep doing it forever and you're like please stop <laughs> misery. I will give you an example of how like a concept like this could actually work and I'm going to call back to our supernatural days because we used to watch supernatural and there's that, you know, famous episode where Sam keeps living Tuesday, right? Uh, yeah. and, every, and every time Dean keeps dying. And it's every day that he dies in another horrific way. And Sam's trying to warn him. And he has that, like, famous line, like, today's Tuesday, but yesterday was Tuesday, too. And blah, 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 you know, and it's like you can and for most of the episode, it was repeating that even after Sam was explaining to Dean what was happening and they tried to learn from their mistakes and swerve around the things that had killed Dean previously, they kind of seemed to all still end up in the same situation. But then we had at the end of the movie, you had an actual reason why this was happening that got fixed, and then, you know, at least you had that ending, right? So yeah. the the episode was good, and it was funny, and it worked, and you had the payoff at the end. Well, with ARC, you did not have a payoff at the end at all. So, yeah, ARC is, I guess, as you said, a steampunk version, or cyberpunk. I think maybe a cyberpunk may... Uh, be a little bit more of a good explanation, but um, a cyberpunk version of Groundhog Day. And we've already seen that movie. It's a good movie. We don't need to see it again. So I'm going to put that as my number four. (laughs) I agree. Thank you. Thank you. This is marvelous. I'm like your hype girl over here. I'm just like, oh, I just love the sound of your voice, T. You're doing so good, girl. 
I got this. I got this. Only three more. It's like I'm running a marathon. <laughs> At least we're having fun while we do it. I love it. And those are the best kind. The impromptu shows are the best kind. Oh, Lord. Uh, John was like, are you sure that you want to do this? And I was like, I got this. I com- I'm committed to it. I made the title. I made the episode. We're doing it. Um, but <laughs> All right. So. Number three is going to be Extinction. And Extinction came out in 2018. Holy shit, another bad <laughs> movie in 2018. Oh, no. Netflix, what are you doing? It's, and I really haven't seen any, like, real original movie in 2019. Like, did they just give up? Were they like, you know what, we do suck. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. But Extinction. Uh, starring Michael Pena, who is a great actor. Uh, he's been in a lot of shit. I want to say that you probably know him the most as Luis in the Ant-Man movies. But besides that, if you look at his filmography, he has been in, like, a ton of shit. He's just everywhere and doesn't, like, get nearly enough of the recognition that he deserves. But so he's in this movie, which is, like, at first, you're like, yay, uh, Michael Pena, uh, finally a lead in a movie, right? But it's like, so the whole thing is that he kind of imagines that he has a reoccurring nightmare that there's going to be like an alien invasion, right? And it finally happens. Spaceships come out of nowhere, blowing everything up, all this shit, hell breaks loose, and it's this crazy, crazy shit, right? Um, and there's like, you know, synthetics involved, AIs, and you think that it's like the humans fighting against them, but then you kind of find out that uh, his like wife is a synthetic, and then it's like you find out that they're all like androids and shit like that, and it was kind of like you find out that the whole thing was that all these like nightmares and visions are shit that really happened, but it's like their shit was like overrun, not overrun, like overwritten pretty much. Um, and it just really was like sloppy in the way that they do it. Like you find out that all like the AIs and synthetic people were made to be maids and housekeepers and shit for humans, but that the military like, essentially uh, attacked them because they feared that they might rise up and hurt them, which they didn't actually do. It was just the military being paranoid. So then at that point, the synthetics fought back and they drove off. They drove, and I'm just at this point reading because I'm doing a terrible job explaining. I have the Wikipedia up, so I'm just going to read this, right? So the the synthetics fight back and eventually drive all humans off the planet to deal with the guilt of what they have done and prevent themselves from living in fear of a reprisal from humans. The synthetics have wiped their memories and lived as humans unaware of their nature or history. So that was a weird twist. And I guess like on paper you would think like, Hey, that's a, really good M. Night Shyamalan uh, twist, but it just didn't work in the execution of the actual movie. So I just didn't really like it. And then you find out apparently that the humans 
have been living on Mars for the past 50 years. So it's just like, and the way they like ended it was weird. I don't know. It's like this was supposed to be like an action movie with like Michael Pena kicking ass and he's like shooting around and everything. And it just didn't seem like it worked. It just was weird and Again, I'm sure that maybe, and I think a few people enjoyed this movie. I was seeing, like, mixed reviews, but I personally didn't like it just because I was like, you could have executed this a lot better. Um, It just, it seemed, and I had to, like, honestly read the Wikipedia page even to just kind of make sense of it because at the time when I was actually watching it, I was like, wait, what's going on when you're, like, finally, like, slowly realizing that um, it's them. Oh, look, the police sirens. Do you actually hear I that? I hear it this time. <laughs> They're coming to arrest all these bad movies. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, number three is going to be Extinction. Um, you know, what What are your thoughts for me when it comes to, like, say, let's kind of, um, like, let's, let's uh, also talk about, say, the M. Night Shyamalan movies, like, uh, what was the one that just came out, Glass? You didn't, did you particularly like that, or you didn't like it? Because I'm hearing from people I that... I liked Glass. Was, I hated the ending liked. more than anything. It about ruined the entire thing for me, but I enjoyed Glass, which, quick interjection, I, I, I can't yes. take the number two spot, because I actually forgot about a movie I had seen, so, mm-hmm, that's mine. <laughs> oh, fabulous, fabulous. <laughs> fabulous, fabulous. I was just like, oh, Jack. I See, I'm all about having, like, oh, that cool twist that makes you go, oh, my gosh. But then, like, I guess, like, M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong has been, like, so known for it now that, like, you're like, okay, when's the twist coming? I think it, I, I think there would be more of a twist if he didn't have a twist in his movie and then you just sit there and go, Oh my god, there wasn't a twist. Oh my god, it was a twist. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Wait, you should really do that. That way people would like freak the hell out. Right? And then I'm like, I want the money from it. I came up with that idea. <laughs> You're hearing this. Um, she came up with the idea and because I'm also on this podcast with her, I too need a percentage of it. So, yeah. She's like, since this is my show, I get 80%. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but, see, and I think, like, it has a good premise. Like, oh, I can, you know, I love, like, synthetic humans, like robots and all that. You know what I mean? I like that shit. But I think what gets me is that it tries to flip the script too much for you, like, okay, well, if the military had never just struck and not been paranoid, the, like, they caused their own destruction by doing this, but then, oh, these people, these sense had to, like, protect themselves, but now they feel guilty. Let's wipe our memories. Let's go back. And it's like, part of me was like, why didn't you just wipe your memories in the first place and pretend to live as humans instead in the first place and just avoid all of it? Well, it's just weird. And then I also... I think what I just didn't like about it is that I thought that it was a really, like, misuse of Michael Pena. Because, again, like, I like him as an actor, and I feel that he needs to stop being the side character, and movies and shows need to just kind of put him at, like, the forefront. So I think that's why at first I was really excited for Extinction. 
Um, and I probably did, like, a really shitty job of explaining why I kind of disliked it, but I just know that as I was, like, watching, I was kind of, like, skimming through almost just because I wanted to see what everyone was talking about. And, again, I just couldn't wait for it to end. I was like, it hasn't ended yet. We're not at the end yet. It's not ending. I paused it at some point. I'm like, oh, my God, we still have a half hour left. What's going on? No, oh, no. <sighs> Yeah, so uh, number three is going to be Extinction, and because I would really like to stop talking, I'm going to give the number two slot since you have one for us. I, I was going to say, hope, uh, like, mine is going to be one of those where I'm going to have to halfway read it because it's just that complicated. Like the one I <laughs> Yes. No, it, it's perfectly that way because it, it, it was, like, it was so confusing that I actually never ended up finishing this movie. And when I went onto the Wikipedia page to try to figure out what it was about, the Wikipedia page confused me so bad where I was like, would it make more sense to just watch it? And then I tried to go back and watch it. I was like, nope. (laughs) This is an Alexander Skarsgård movie, even though he's only partially in it. And that Wait, is, I know exactly what you're going to say. Yes. yes. <laughs> you it was in my worst movie. This is why I said, <laughs> didn't I do this before? Because I had a couple from that were a Netflix original. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay, it's Hold the Dark. And you sit there and I was like, oh, it's a cool concept. It's basically, it's about like, let me think I would explain it. So these people live in an area where wolves are responsible for, like, the disappearance of children, like they ate them. And this woman, she loses her son. She calls a wolf expert to come and, you know, basically, like, the guy that plays Morpheus, I can't remember his name. She calls him. And so they're basically talking about it, and he starts to realize, okay, let me just go through this real quick. Turns out there is no actual wolf. A wolf spirit thing possesses the woman to, like, kill her child, you find out. Spoiler alert that I put after the fact. Uh, Everybody ends up dying. The husband of the woman that got possessed that lost her son is Alexander Skarsgård. He's off in the military, and, like, he has his little subplot about, like, killing people overseas or, like, let, let me look at this real quick. Let me just, like, <laughs> like, like he comes across, like, and his little thing, it's like, uh, let, me, let me put it on speaker so I have a little easier time, like, explaining this cluster to you. But, okay. like, in his whole thing, he's overseas in Iraq, and, like, he sees, like, this other soldier, soldier raping a woman. He kills him, like, kills the guy. And it's like he gets shot later on. He gets sent back home. So basically still, you know, they're trying to track the wolves. You haven't found out really it's the lady yet. Uh, Husband comes home. He starts killing, like, everybody because he's got, like, crazy PTSD. And you're, like, still trying to figure out, like, like, then the husband finds out that she killed the kid, even though she's, like, wearing, which, by the way, she's wearing this wolf mask that's, like, possessing her, and then, like, so Vernon, which is Alexander Skarsgård's character, it tries to strangle his wife, and then, like, 
it gets like it's weird. It's just so much, but it's like they end up like being okay. Like there's like people get buried. People are like dying everywhere, and you're like, it like the Vernon guy, the guy that's like the soldier. He's just like killing everybody in it. Like even like in uncalled for points. But there's just so much going on that you're like, okay, if you could have kept it at like okay, this woman's possessed by a wolf spirit killing children, and I'm trying to kill her. Why do you have to have this whole subplot of, like, the soldier in Iraq, of, like, the husband, who, like, kind of goes crazy, but then gets shot, but then gets sent back home, and then he realizes all this stuff's going on. He's, like, having, like, a mental breakdown. It was just, like, so much, so much that I was just sitting there like, oh, my God, what did I just read? Like, even mm-hmm. me trying to read it, like to ex- like try to skim and explain it, and you know how fast I read. I was like, I felt like somebody was like, when you're like skipping a track where it's like glitching, where you're just like, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, this was definitely on your uh, worst movies of 2018 list, and I can see why. When you look at the cast list and you looked at the trailer, I mean, you have Jeffrey Wright in it, you have Alexander Skarsgård, you're like, this is going to be a good movie, right? The trailer looks fine. There was none of that, like, weird shit even in in the trailer. So when you were kind of, and I remember you went to go watch it and you were like, Tia, Tia, um, this is terrible. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I I just didn't get that at all. But it, it sounds so weird and so funky that uh, it's like, what were they doing? Why did they need to put all of that in? You had two fantastic actors that were here, and you just make this weird movie. I mean, it, and it sounds like, first of all, I'm even, like, more confused uh, even after you read the Wikipedia page. Like, what the hell? I was just, like, sitting there. I was like, how did I even explain this movie? I was like, I never finished it because it was just so awful. And I was just like, I just, I just can't, Tia. I just can't. <laughs> it, it it just emotionally drained me, like, mentally. I was, like, left as a shriveled corpse afterwards from all the, like, how much it exhausted me. <laughs> how uh, how would you say were, how was everyone, what am I saying here now? How was everyone's acting, at least, in it? You know, was Jeffrey Wright's acting good? Was Alexander Skarsgård's acting good, despite the confusing plot line? I think in those cases, it's always going to be like, I think the actors always do as well as they can for the script that they're given. You know what I mean? Like, there's only so much, like, if they're given bad lines, how much they can play it off. There's only so much they can do with it. Kind of like, we love Tom Hardy. And I know you enjoyed Venom, but people had issues with, like, how he said things and, like, his accent. And you're like, okay, well, they kind of gave him a weird spot. You know what I mean? But then you can't go, oh, Tom Hardy's a bad actor. And it's like, just because he may not have had the best role in something doesn't make him a bad actor, which we always knew Tom Hardy couldn't do accents. We've watched Lawless. He grunts. 
I will say, and not to go off a little, but I liked Venom. And maybe yeah. it's because my expectations were a little low about it. Maybe that's why I liked it. But I went there and I was like, I'm just going to go to see a Tom Hardy movie and I'm just going to see this because, I don't know, you know, my due diligence for uh, working at Geek Vibes Nation. <laughs> but, <laughs> I went, but I went in and I, I found myself really enjoying it. Did you ever see Venom? No, I never ended up seeing it. Like, I've yeah. known people that had seen it, and they all really liked it. I just never got the chance to actually go and see it, which it's been far enough down the road. It's probably, like, where I can rent it by now. It's, um, oh, shoot, what was I going to say? It's actually on the Stars app, which we still have until the end of the month, even though I canceled it. So if you ever want to oh, go it was pretty good. It was pretty good, and I think that they're making a sequel. But, yeah, no, poor Tom Hardy really can't do accents that well. And he did have a bit of a weird, like, Brooklyn accent, which I don't understand why they had to do that because it took place in Los Angeles. So it's like, why? yeah, it took place in Los Angeles, and he had, like, uh, a Brooklyn accent. So I was like, okay, whatever. But, yeah. The whole Bedard, I remember you telling me about this, and I think definitely it deserves to be on the top ten worst Netflix original movies. Um, yes. Please stop Netflix. So, we <laughs> actually, can you believe that we, A, are at the bottom of the list, and B, have been talking for about an hour and a half? I mean, shit, I, kudos to us. All right, <laughs> we just... This is our normal time of us just talking forever, or at least like how it used to be. Like, oh, let's talk for three hours. At least now we're making a podcast out of it. Exactly. So before we get to number one, as I usually like doing, I'm going to count down. Uh, This is just a really crap list. Um, (laughs) it, It sucks when there are so many bad movies because, unfortunately, we talk about these movies probably more than we talk about good movies that are out there. And it seems like the bar has been set so low that, you know, we just keep getting more Fast and the Furiouses and all that shit, but they can't seem to. It's like one movie a year is really freaking good, and then every other movie is just subpar, you know? Yeah. But, all right, so number 10 is Bird Box, number 9 is Mute, number 8 is Velvet Buzzsaw, number 7 is Black Mirror Bandersnatch, number 6 is The Outsider, number 5 is Death Note, number 4 is Ark, number 3 is Extinction, Number two is Hold the Dark. I swear I do not want to talk for the rest of the night after this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we're going to get to the number one, and I'm pretty sure this is also on my uh, top ten worst uh, 2018 movies. It's just how it's going to go, guys. But it is bright. I hate this movie. With every fiber of my being, um, it is the worst movie. I try to mention it all the time whenever we talk about Netflix original movies, which I think actually Juwan liked Bright. Um, so for that, uh, you know, 
fact that I wish that he was on here so that he could be like, no, Tia. But no, it was terrible. Okay. So you have Will Smith, who is supposed to be, sorry, uh, you have Will Smith, who is supposed to be uh, a cop, right? And he is getting a partner who is um, an org, right? And it's like the org that is his partner is the first time, orc, sorry, not org, an orc. And it's the first time that an orc is a police officer because prior to this, there was like a real uh, divide between humans and orcs. And there's other like mystical creatures pretty much, but uh, that's the whole thing on it. So it seems like it should have been a movie that was using the whole orc thing as a metaphor for kind of race relations and stuff like that. And it could have been a very poignant film, but it was terrible. There was no like real construct to it. It uh, flowed really strangely. It seemed like Will Smith wasn't acting at all. The uh, guy who plays the orc, was terrible, um, and and on top of that, so you have this whole, you have that, which they should have just, oh, and by the way, the whole reason why Will Smith doesn't really like Orcs is because he was, uh, he was hurt on, on the job by an Orc, because pretty much, like, the Orcs are, like, the gangsters, apparently, of life or something. It was so weird, right? It was so strange. Um, so he doesn't like orcs. He doesn't trust his new partner, but he's stuck with him right now, and that's that. And then you have these, like, vampire fairy guys who are, like, uh. you know, who are, like, super uh, rich, right? Like, just think what am I going to say how you should probably view them? This is going to sound really bad. I'm not trying to throw shade at the beauty community, but it's like, <laughs> think of like, but think of like the beauty community on YouTube. And that's how all of them look walking. So like, you know, just do, they're like a combination of the beauty community with like Lady Gaga. And it's just super weird. Oh, but no. then like, yeah. And they're trying to like find this one girl who then, uh, Will Smith and the orc become pseudo like the chaperones for, and they're trying to like fulfill some sort of prophecy that is supposed to go down. Um, and, and like, I'm scrolling through the Wikipedia to see if I can like try and make sense of this. And the Wikipedia page is so effing long because there's so many freaking things going on. And the girl, by the way, when I was first watching this, the girl who they're like into like, that Will Smith and the Orc pretty much become, like, guardians of looks almost exactly like uh, Liv Moore from iZombie. And I'm like, damn, you freaking just stole this look. Like, ver- like to the T, you were like, you were like where did, you know, where does CW get their wig? Because we're going to get it for this girl. Like, I was no, just like, oh, no. <laughs> So it's like this whole thing is going on with this prophecy and these race tensions. And then there's like this group of orcs and someone comes back from the dead and this what? and that. Oh, my God. It was so 
weird, and then there was, like, tensions in the LAPD. Oh, my God, there was so much, and I was like, what the hell is going on? And it's actually, you know, it's kind of terrible here. The guy who is behind it is David Ayer, and he's the guy who did the first Suicide Squad. And, you know, I actually really like Suicide Squad, but you can see where that kind of, like, similar uh, filming is going on. Like, okay, so remember in Suicide Squad, like, the acting was great. I love the characters. But then you had that weird uh, storyline with the Enchantress and her brother and all that shit. That pretty much was like this movie. It's like, it could have been good if you just stuck with the more grounded uh, part of your story, but then you decided to add some weird effing mysticism. And it's like, yeah, I know. It's like, but there's orcs and magical creatures involved, Tia. Like, that's the point. And it's like, you still could have used it to just expand more on, like, race tensions and talk about that because that's something very real and something that people could have related to and really enjoyed to kind of uh, close the gap between, you know, differences and just focusing on what everyone has, you know, like, in common. But, no, they didn't do that. They decided to go with these weird, like, vampire fairy-looking mother efforts. So, yeah, bright. There is – it really seems that as far as, like, Netflix movies, anytime I mention it, nothing seems to top bright as far as I'm concerned when it comes to, like, awful movies. All these other movies I would rather watch, like, all day long than if someone else was like, yo, let's watch bright. I'd be like, nope. Nope, I'm not watching Bright. Put on Mute. Put on The Outsider. Put on Death Note. I will watch those, but I will not watch no. Bright again. And the, unfortunate, and the unfortunate thing is I actually did watch Bright all the way to the end. Oh, no. See, like, my, my mom, my mom said that she's like, oh, you got to watch Bright. It's so good. And I'm like, but mom, oh. I've heard such awful thing. But my mom, keep in mind, is obsessed with Bird Box and a lot of the other movies that are considered really bad. You know, it's like, I've wanted to watch Bright, but you know what it reminds me of? Mm. And you'll laugh. Oh, no. It, 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 Zootopia. <laughs> I like Zootopia. Have you seen Zootopia? No, I, like- I love Zootopia. But, you know, you have, like, the first bunny, like, the first kind of, like, prey animal that's, like, a cop. And it's, like, oh, everybody's, like, in a way kind of racist to her because she is a bunny and she is very small and she's a girl. So you got sexism in there, too. And about her, like, proving herself, like, I can do it. I'm, like, it's, like, an org version of Zootopia. But that's the thing is that, like, that's why I originally, like, walked into, not walked into Zootopia because it wasn't in theaters, but, you know, that's why I originally, like, put on Zootopia, because not Zootopia, wow, Bright. That's why I originally put on Bright, because I was like, oh, it could have been very similar to Zootopia using, like, kind of mystical creatures to tell a story, because that's what, like, all these animated movies, all these, like, Disney movies did. You know, they used, like, animals and other characters to get across, like, real-life issues. But Zootopia, you know, they they used their platform to talk about that, and then they worked on a case, right? And everything seemed, like, pretty, like, the message was there constantly, but the message was not here 
in this movie because you had all the millions of other shit going on. And it's like they mentioned in the beginning, like, okay, there's these race tensions between humans and orcs, but then they never really expanded on it. They just kept talking about it, but they didn't really show it. Like, that's the thing. Like, you need to show it a little more in in order to actually feel like that's the message that you're trying to get across. So, yeah, I just didn't like it. Bright was so bad. I'm sorry, Brittany, that your mom actually picked a sick Pam. What are you doing? This is, this is awful. So, I guess Pam and Juwan can, like, go watch Bright together and you and I actually <laughs> And you and I actually watched something of quality. <laughs> we can go watch. Uh, oh, it's a good Netflix movie. Uh, uh, none of them. <laughs> none of them. None of, like, like, I literally sat there to go, oh, we can go watch something. I was like, what Netflix movie? They're all bad. They're all bad. No, and then, like, you know, I tried to, like, look and. So the thing is, like, there's a lot of, like, Netflix-distributed movies, but that were from, like, another, um, whatchamacallit, so, like, another studio. So it's, like, I stayed away from those because I was, like, oh, like, like I was going to put Annihilation on this list because that movie was also freaking awful. But then I looked, and it actually is a Paramount movie, and it did release a little in theaters and apparently uh, Paramount was super mad that Netflix released it because it was like, they were like, Oh, this is supposed to be a movie that you're supposed to see in theaters, not a movie that you're supposed to watch like uh, on a streaming service, which, you know, I feel like either way it would have been awful except, you know, if I had seen it in theaters, I would have been pissed because I wasted my money on it. Right. But I feel like Annihilation is one of those movies that ended up on both lists, both the top 10 best and the top 10 worst of 2018. So that's that's just how it goes. Um, I think also when we did, like, best superhero and worst superhero movies, Suicide Squad was on both. So there you go. Um, but <laughs> that's your story, and you're sticking to it. Exactly. Uh, Brittany, for us, kind of being mildly unprepared for this and it being a last-minute thing, I feel like we did a pretty good job. Is there any, like, movie that you'd like to comment on or anything you'd like to add? I was going to say, like, you, you, you know, like, in video games, like, especially I've been playing this one called Epic 7, and at the end of the fight, like, one of the characters is, like, called the MVP. You're the MVP of this round, girl. <laughs> I tried. I tried. Um, honestly, there's so much bad content and bad writing out there actually baffles me that shit makes it past the drawing board. Like, I was going to say, I don't know why I was thinking about this because I have nothing really to do with our show, but uh, season eight of Game of Thrones definitely deserves, like, worse writing. Um, I know, everybody is salty like I'm good about the fan service that they gave us in one of the episodes like well, that was the last episode right and then they yeah. gave us like oh I'm about to like talk about spoilers <laughs> spoilers for Game of Thrones <laughs> but I will kill Jamie if he goes back to Cersei I will do it myself if he pulls that bullshit oh my god I guess like it's okay if we 
talk about this briefly just because it's like this whole episode pretty much was about bad writing. But as you said, there was some fan service, right? There was some fan service moments that we got. We got the Hound and Arya reunited. We got the Hound and Sansa reunited. We finally got Jamie and Brienne together after I have been waiting literally since like season two or three for this. But then it's like the writing and how they've like played off Daenerys and shit like that has just been so bad that I'm like, oh, can we just like, this is going to be like Dragon Ball GT. We're just going to pretend that none of this is canon. Oh my gosh. Yeah. GT. If we had to do like a worst TV shows, I'd go with Dragon Ball GT. (laughs) The thing is, it's like, sometimes I sit there and like, I maybe want to do like, because you know, maybe do top 10 best animes, but, like, all the animes that I've watched are from, like, 10 years ago. I don't keep up with animes anymore. They would all be, like, older ones, and it's like, yeah, Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon and Outlaw Star and G Gundam, and it's like, Pia, all that shit was, like, 10 or so years ago. Like, you know, we're going to talk about Naruto. We're going to talk about Naruto and everything. And be like, yeah, I don't know shit about that, so I'm going to walk away. Don't you talk shit away. about Naruto. What is that? I said, don't you talk shit about Naruto. I'm not talking shit. I'm just saying, like, these are the, those are the type of, like, animes, like, I do not watch anymore. Like, again, love Toonami growing up. That was my jam, uh, Zoids, and all that shit. But I don't watch shit like that anymore. So someone... It could not be the situation where it's just the two of us. It would need to be, like, multiple people and someone else would have to take over for me. Because I would not know anything. It would be, like, sitting in the background like a cheerleader. Pretty much, pretty much. But, um, yeah, so that is quite a list that we did of bad Netflix movies. Um, I would say that Hulu has some pretty good original content movie-wise. I'm not sure if Amazon Prime does any, like, original movies. They obviously have, like, fantastic original shows, but I am unaware if it's really any original movies. But Netflix just needs to focus on their TV series and stay away from films. (laughs) All right. I agree. Um, I do want to say really briefly before we do anything else that, um, as I said, tomorrow is Mother's Day, which is the reason why we are doing the show tonight instead of Sunday morning. So I do want to put a shout out to all moms and mother figures out there. Thanks for everything that you guys do. Um, We certainly wouldn't uh, be the women that we are or the people, you know, women, men. uh, We wouldn't be who we are without your, like, amazing upbringings and shit like that. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. And, Brittany, why don't you plug yourself a little, tell everyone where can we find you. Okay, so you can find me on either Instagram or Twitter at Brittany underscore Hegel. And just all the neat little things that may come up and about that. And um, I'm trying to think. I was going to say for Twitch, but I got to figure out my computer situation first, or else <laughs> it's going to be a whole lot of just staring at my face and the game glitching. I feel like every time we do one of these sign offs, and you're like, and one day I'll finally get my Twitch together. And it's like, it's okay, Brittany. I completely understand. 
I know it's just <laughs> computers so expensive and things happen and trying to get it situated and it's a whole lot of stuff. But I want it to happen so bad. Well, but you yeah, know what? We, for now, we work you can find it. me at those <laughs> other places. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, and as far as I go, you can look at all of my content at gvnation.com. I uh, cover news, um, fan casting, thoughts, opinion-based uh, articles, and then obviously I do the top tens and other Geeks Against the Grain, which we do on Friday nights. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at tc underscore stark. Um, and, yeah, so you guys have a great night, and please let us know what you thought were the worst Netflix original movies. Have a good night, guys. Good night. <laughs>